0: Welcome back to episode 33 of the Lander University EdTech podcast. We had a great episode last week with our first year advisors. It gave us a nice look into how things happen for our freshmen here at Lander. Uh, This week, we do not have a guest once again, but we do have kind of a unique setup. Uh, Dr. Willis is attending OLC in Orlando, and I have him on the line uh, via his cell phone. So the floor is yours, Dr. Willis.
1: Yeah, so this is our first remote broadcast, if that's what you call it.
0: There you go. I mean, it's remote enough, right?
1: It's weird enough, that's for sure.
0: All right. Well, tell Tell us what you're doing in Orlando. Tell us a little bit about OLC and what's going on down there.
1: Yeah, so I'm at the OLC Accelerate Conference. This is the biggest online learning conference in the nation. Scott Jones and I are presenting tomorrow, which is, you know, in my mind, it's a pretty big honor. Um It's hard to get on the program here and uh, there are probably, I'm not sure what the participation rate is. There are thousands of people here. It's huge. Um, I got in yesterday. I immediately went through the, um, the big vendor room. So this is like half academic conference, half trade fair. Um, I talked to two vendors who sell, um, online lab kits. So if you want to do, lab sciences for online students that these companies will package up all the supplies uh, students need so they can do their lab stuff at home. I think that's really that's really
0: good because we've had some concerns from the physical sciences and lab sciences about whether they can actually be taught online. So you're seeing people who are not only doing it but providing the outside resources to help you be successful.
1: Yeah, they'll sell you a whole kit. And so it's a, it's a kit and then an online component that you can um, Bring into Blackboard, and uh, it's kind of a a big seamless package between the the physical materials and the online um, online labs, online lab notebooks, the whole thing. So it, it, to me, it's kind of neat. Like I don't want to speak for the science folks, but I'm gonna I'll talk with Dave Swimmer uh, before I came down here to see what he was interested in me finding out. So I have some stuff to share with them when
0: I get back. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, I, I'm with you. I can't speak for how effective it is, but outside looking in, it seems like there is some solution out there that other schools are using, and then you're out there kind of getting the information on that, which is nice for us here at Lander.
1: Yeah, and so Limestone College uses um, both of these vendors. Uh, that was at USC Columbia uses them too. One of them is out of Burlington, North Carolina, so they're, they're close.
0: Local, yeah, um, nice.
1: They, wouldn't, they gave me some uh, little rubber brains. They would not let me take the fetal pig.
0: <laughs> I don't know if you could have got back on your plane with that fetal pig, but...
1: <laughs> it would have been a, a fun experiment.
0: You're right. <laughs> yeah, I promise um, you, this is for scientific research. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, the, the online tutoring was really cool, too. Um, right now, we, if, if you are teaching a student whether you're it's an online or a face-to-face student you have to provide the same services and right now we can do that but it's kind of a patched together system and we don't have enough purely online students to justify huge investments in online tutoring um but i talked to two companies here that provide 24 7 live online tutoring and it seems like a, a really cool service um and to me, how expensive do you think tutoring would be?
0: Oh man! Like if, you were,
1: if you were going to pay a tutor to come help you at Starbucks, what do you think you'd pay for that?
0: I mean, I think you pay fifty bucks per hour or so, right? For a college level I class, I mean, I would have no clue. I think I think high school tutors cost that much.
1: Well, these guys are doing it. One one company is twenty five bucks an hour. The other one's thirty five.
0: Yeah, that seems very reasonable.
1: Yeah, very reasonable and uh they let you buy the tutoring by the hour or you can you know, you buy a package of like 200 hours or whatever. Yeah, so like or you can
0: you could basically buy a package and say we have this and then if a student needs additional then you could go ahead and purchase from there. You got that base level to get in.
1: That's right. Or you can do a per year per student um fee. Um that they recommend you start off with the hourly package. Yeah. So t- the, to the make sure that, you
0: need it, I guess, yeah.
1: The thing that is intriguing to me about it is we always have these problems of students not seeking help because it's intimidating or they don't know how to do it or whatever. I'm, I'd be curious to see what kind of participation we got from on-campus students if they had access to online tutoring for whatever subject.
0: Yeah, I imagine most of our on-campus students would want to take advantage of the online tutoring more so than going to the Academic Success Center, just because of the ease and what their their level of comfort.
1: Yeah, um, and one of the things I did not expect is that both of those services are completely integrated into Blackboard, so students don't have to go to some website. All they do is log into Blackboard, and everything is there.
0: That's even better. Yeah what are some other cool things you've been seeing down there other than a 1,000 people running around with bunny ears on?
1: Oh, right. <laughs> um, I've been to two learning sessions this morning. The first one was about what students want. Um, that was from a couple of the presenters were from San Diego State, and I can't remember the other one. But whatever the case, they had some data, and I'll just uh, – here's the list of what students want based on the survey data that they've done. They want to be able to easily identify what is due and when it's due. They want clear instructions and detailed expectations, timely feedback, simple course navigation, consistent grading across courses, consistent layout across courses.
0: I mean I don't think I don't think any of those surprise us. Those are things that we've discussed numerous times. Um, and it really comes down to students want a consistent atmosphere when it comes to online learning. I mean that's it. Yep.
1: Yeah. Nothing nothing surprising there. So the the least important factors were interaction with other students and tech support.
0: Yeah. I, I could see that as well. I know we definitely, because of the way our course structure is written, we make sure that we have adequate student-to-student interaction, because that's what's required for our SAC-COC accreditation. But I don't know that the students necessarily care so much about it.
1: No, apparently, not too much. Um, and then tech support is not important, but I bet it's important when you have a problem.
0: Yeah, tech support's um, only important when you need it. That's, that's a fact.
1: Yeah. <laughs> bottom of the list that must mean that the systems are pretty stable and people know how to do things
0: yeah and I I think that is true Um, and then a lot of that comes back to that consistent design you need less support when you're comfortable in your environment
1: yep so um, a couple other yeah couple other from that data set um, they find that students prefer to not work in groups um, they don't want group projects but if you if you use groups, they're best when they have between two and five people. Um, 77% of students will look for answers somewhere other than their instructor. Google. Um, 82% of students prefer text-based feedback. Um, students want regular updates and announcements. They want timely, individualized feedback. They do not want synchronous sessions, mobile communications, or virtual office hours
0: oh well that's unique i'm surprised there
1: i i was a little bit dubious of the of the stats there and i'm wondering about sample size or um size of the study or something because i think that the virtual office hours are important whether students want it or not i I think you've got to make it available
0: well i think Um, again we're looking at like a chicken egg situation if if you have very consistent course structure, course design, consistency in feedback, consistency across disciplines, you may need less access to your instructor. But then if you do not have those things, I wonder if that changes completely and you're like, I wish I had my instructor there because I have no clue where this stuff is.
1: Exactly. Students don't want synchronous sessions. That, that's no surprise to me. Yeah, I'm and not surprised. Want, yeah. If if you want an online class, you want that asynchronous schedule so that you can work with your work with your daily calendar or whatever. Agreed. You want, but that takes out the whole flexibility thing.
0: I know when I did my master's um, program online, the group work was terrible just because of time zones and people's work schedule, and so group work was much more difficult in an online format than it ever was in my undergrad face-to-face type learning environment. So I'd absolutely understand that as well.
1: All right. Well, that's an interesting wrinkle that they did not deal with. So they, they were talking about that just in terms of not wanting to work with groups. I, I, I heard no discussion of why. Yeah. Um, so some people just don't like collaboration. That's one thing, but it's hard to coordinate schedules. That's a whole that's another
0: Yeah, mine was all anecdotal, but you know, I had a a newborn at home and I did my work at five AM or five thirty Eastern time and then my grad school was in Texas and so these people were doing their coursework at five PM their time and it was hard for us to kind of link up and get things done and kind of schedule out our when we were gonna do things.
1: Yeah. All right, so this same presentation said that um, for course design, the most important things are um, – the most important predictor of student satisfaction is consistent layout across courses.
0: Ding, ding. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. Consistency they, wins they, again. Yeah, you need a university-wide template. You need standard grading policies. Perfect. Um The design priorities are, again, pretty simple. Um, You need to organize the content, write clear instructions and rubrics, keep students informed and connected throughout the term, provide individual feedback, encourage student interaction without group projects.
0: Yeah, I mean, all this sounds perfect.
1: And the other thing that has kind of come to the forefront here is that the role of the instructor is changing. So, we, I've heard about that in every session I've gone to. Um, and really, and I at Lander, and I think probably in the distance, uh, you're just across higher education, our traditional understanding of teaching is lecturing. Yes. And it's hard for us to, to think about what else it could be what it should be, and whether or not that's effective. Um, and that's going to look different for each different discipline. So I know that for my teaching, I'm constantly moving away from any kind of lecture toward activity, producing something. You know, for me as a, as a teacher of writing and literature, it's about producing a piece of writing. I, you know, Even when I'm teaching face-to-face in class, write together in real time um, and we produce something every time we meet to the talking about activity and activity-based learning rather than lecturing. Yeah. Uh, so in these sessions I, I've been to, you know, the role of the instructor is about providing feedback and uh, feedback as teaching. And to me that, that, that's not hard for me to deal with because that that's what that's normal for an English class. I think it's harder for other disciplines to wrap their head around that.
0: Well, yeah, and I think that you want a guided learning and not a forced learning or a you know learning through me talking at you um, in twenty nineteen. but yeah, some disciplines still need that aspect because, I mean, how do you do that in a history class? I mean, you kind of just have to speak facts at them, but different disciplines can handle it differently.
1: Yeah, and, and we need we need people who can come in and tell us that because I'm not I'm have no interest in telling um, Frank Reynolds how to do this.
0: Yeah, exactly. Hi,
1: Frank. <laughs> Frank, we know you're out there.
0: Yeah, hey Frank, we're gonna have you on really soon. <laughs>
1: One, I'll tell you about one more session, and yeah. uh, that will be enough, I think. But, so I went to one on using teaching templates to mentor new teachers. And so this was talking about taking a Blackboard or a whatever learning management system template and doing more than just organizing your content. So this presenter was from Kansas do they call it University of Kansas or Kansas University?
0: It's KU, but I think it's the University of Kansas.
1: Yeah. She was great, um, and she said, she showed us what they do, like what they're trying to make their best practice, is for any situation where you have adjunct teaching, um, they want to have um, basically instructor, instructions for the instructor built into the Blackboard template so that really the Blackboard course looks like you have uh, like an instructor version of a textbook. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it was really cool. So they have, um, they have a little module called Instructor Notes. It's hidden from students, but, you know, it, it explains what you need to do. Um, it explains like the pedagogical approach of the class. How the how the class should be paced. Um, it explains what feedback tools are available. Uh, so last week, I reached out to one of our English adjunct instructors because she was having a problem with Turnitin. Turns out that she had never used Turnitin before, and she didn't understand the um, the feedback tools that were built into it. So she was using. Her students had submitted and turned in, but she was putting her feedback in Blackboard in oh. a place that I don't think they were getting.
0: Wow, yeah.
1: And it was all because she had never, she, she had a lot of teaching, but uh, she hasn't taught with that Turnitin direct tool. Yes. Yeah. Um, it was just a matter of, she didn't know it was there, and it's a great tool, but if, if people don't know it's there, and she wasn't like
0: falling. I mean, it wasn't like she was falling behind on her feedback. She was just providing it in an area where also the students weren't used to. And so, yeah, that I could see how that creates an issue.
1: Yeah. Um, so this type of course template fixes that. Um, it's something that I think we can do. And it's, it's like everything that we work with with online um, education. There are things that are quick, easy wins, and then they're bigger. You know more extensive and and work intensive projects that you can work work through yes. So I think there's some we can do easily and quickly that'll that'll provide some support for adjuncts
0: i mean that instructor note section hidden for adjuncts is something that we could have ready by the spring, but we could absolutely have it implemented by next fall. I think that's a wonderful idea
1: yeah, and we'll need to make sure we'll need to do some planning to to figure out how much of that is standard across the university and how much of it needs to be driven by specific disciplines and things like that.
0: And I think even just as important as that, you know, a few, like, important things, like what's the best browser, um, you know, just very simple things like that, as well as the Blackboard contacts, because our adjuncts sometimes are so far removed that they don't even know that they should be contacting Karen and I, and so they start – contacting their dean and then it gets pushed down or a, or they call the help desk and we don't get the correspondence as quickly as we would with someone who's on campus, right?
1: Yeah, so we'll get it done.
0: Awesome. Well, hey, man, I hope you're having a good time down there in Orlando. It seems like all you're doing is working. I thought when you go to conference, you're supposed to also like go have dinner somewhere or like have a drink. <laughs>
1: no, just hold up right there so this is on the university's nickel and i am producing value for lander my friend
0: i mean we can tell i mean i i could tell you got a lot more you want to talk about but we're hitting our 20 minute mark and i know you have your bunny ears on so we're gonna have to cut you loose <laughs> It's
1: not bun- and it's mickey mouse ears oh yeah
0: mickey mouse ears oh yeah yeah yeah. that's what it is mickey mouse ears <laughs> see you just read you just ratted yourself out uh, i was seeing if you were really doing it
1: <laughs> well i don't in my room, but I'm going to head back
0: down and get back into the, the chaos downstairs. Awesome. Well, enjoy. Thank you for joining us, even though you are remote, and we will see you soon. Have a safe trip back.
1: See you, buddy. All
0: right. Goodbye. All right, listeners, thank you very much for tuning in to episode 33. Hopefully, we listen to this and it comes off well. I think for the first time, we have Lloyd at a higher volume because I had control of his volume. So we'll see you guys next week. As always, email us anytime at coil at lander Have a great week.